the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey guys, it's Morgan Zeggers. Welcome back to the show. If you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button. I try and provide you guys a really good resource of everything that's going on in the country, three episodes a week, and I hope this serves you well. I hope you learn from these shows. I hope you get a good, thoughtful evaluation of what the heck is going on. Um, That being said, this episode is going to be focused on censorship and specifically censorship ahead of the 2022 midterm elections that are going to happen in November. We are now in October. If you guys don't know this, there's this thing called the October Surprise, or I think that's the name of it. But in general, it's the concept that your political opponents wait until the month before the election. They release all the dirt that they have on you. (laughs) They've been waiting. They've been looking into your past. And unfortunately, I find it disgusting. But we have to deal with this every election season, the big October surprises that pop out. Um, I... (laughs) You know, I have my personal thoughts on it just in the sense that, like, this is disgusting and it's really frustrating, but we still have to deal with it and we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Um, I also have some crazy just more updates on education and teachers because I cannot not talk about that stuff. All right, let's get into it. Okay, before we get into the first topic, I have to remind you guys, you have all helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today, and you've trusted Mike Lindell to give you a good night's sleep, and I sure hope he has, on top of the special exclusively for my listeners with Code Morgan on the Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets marked down as low as $29.98. Mike's now changing the game with his three-piece towel set, okay, people? This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. That comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. But with code MORGAN, that's right, you're going to get the three-piece towel set for a low price of $19.98 with promo code MORGAN. MORGAN, MORGAN, MORGAN. Do not miss out on these incredible offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-738-8374 and use promo code MORGAN or go to MyPillow.com. Click the radio listener square and use promo code Morgan. Again, I use these towels. They're down in my Texas apartment. Love them so much. Okay, first topic of the day. We're talking about some propaganda, some straight up media lies. We have who? What's her name? Kareen. Kareen is the uh, Saki 2.0. Benny Johnson called her that. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, She's the press secretary for the White House, for the executive branch, the leader of it, the president. Um, let's look at this from the basic perspective. We've talked about this before. What is the role of the press secretary? She's supposed to represent, speak on behalf of the White House, a.k.a. who works at the White House, the president and his administration. She's supposed to speak on behalf of them to the press. And what's the point of the press? To report back to the American people. Now, this is supposed to be put in place as a way to bring transparency, accountability. That's what journalism, you know, the original intention of it used to be, right? You would think. So we've gone so far from just like complaining about Jen Psaki's 
twisting of the truth or or denying to talk about something specific. But now we we've gone a lot worse into this situation with Kareen, her replacement. Her replacement is somebody that I consider to be quite dangerous because she's able to flat out lie to your face, mock you for it, give you a sassy tone, and then ridicule you for even daring to ask a question that challenges the legitimacy or the actions of the person in power, the regime. That's freaky. It's like that woman that I talked to you guys about last time, the woman that got the vaccine and then literally says, my face, half my face doesn't move anymore because of the vaccine. I know it's because of the vaccine, but I would do it again because that's how we have to keep society safe. That's the only way we can go back to normal. I would do it all over again, even though it's completely affected my health. I'll never look the same or feel the same on the insides again, but y'all, it was worth it. I look at that person and I say, you are a dangerous sheeple, a dangerous sheeple. I also, what well, I don't know, something interesting with this idea of like sheep and allowing yourself to be lied to, allowing yourself to be manipulated, all this kind of dangerous stuff. I think there's a huge difference between a biblical um, interpretation of being a sheep and a shepherd and Jesus with the people that he's leading and how we're all supposed to be good sheep, um, a part of the flock and follow the the righteous way and the good wholesome way. There's a big difference between that where you're following uh, God and the higher power that is in existence and then being a sheep for a worldly political power driven individual or movement that is exploiting you and using you for evil purposes. Do you see how there's a really big difference there? Because I saw, I cannot remember where I saw this, but I saw somebody call radical leftists that are fully indoctrinated about things like the vaccine who want to force a vaccine onto others, for example. And they said, you are a sheep. You are sheep and you're dangerous. And then people pushed back and said, I thought you're supposed to be sheep. I thought the Bible says you're supposed to be sheep. Uh, Yeah, not that kind of sheep. We're supposed to only submit to that higher power to God and the sacrifice that he made with his son. I'm not going to go into Okay, I'm going to stop right now. But do you see how there's a big difference? That really grinded my gears. Um, let's see what just happened with KJP, which is her like nickname now, apparently, Corrine's nickname. Basically, Peter Ducey holds her accountable and he says, you said Biden was responsible for gas prices coming down. Is he responsible for them coming up? Let's see how she twists her words in a very manipulative way. Thanks, Green. You've said the president was responsible for gas prices coming down. Is the president responsible for gas prices going up? So it's a lot more nuance than that, right? Um, Peter, you know this. Uh, there have been global challenges that we have all have de- dealt with. When I say all, meaning other countries as well have dealt with since the pandemic. There's been pandemic and there's been uh, Putin's war. And Putin's war uh, has... Uh, increase gas prices at the pump. We have seen that over the past several months. And what the president was able to do, uh, he took some historic steps. When you think about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and making sure that 
he, we were able to do everything that we can to bring that cost down uh, for American families, give them a little bit more of a breathing room. And we saw that. We saw that every day this summer uh, over a, uh, saving American families over a dollar per gallon. And so that is what the president's going to continue to stay focused on, our cons American consumers. How do we continue uh, to, keep, uh, to keep prices down? That's why we, we did the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. That's why we talk about the CHIPS Act. All of these things are going to help Americans here. <sighs> okay, so I, I played this video for a couple reasons. One, the obvious is that this is a great approach to holding them accountable, saying, okay, you're giving him credit when the gas prices are being lowered, and you're saying it can't possibly be his fault when the gas prices increase. The second reason that I wanted to play this is to remind you guys that we're facing a very serious long-term problem here. Um, if you've noticed, the gas prices have kind of gone down for a little bit. We were paying astronomically high gas prices. I remember I drove out to, um, what's it called? Lake Tahoe in Nevada, on the Nevada side. I went from Arizona through Nevada, and it was really cool. I, and that was like the first week when gas prices really skyrocketed. And I, for the first time ever, paid $5 for a gallon of gas. And then in the expensive states, it was going up to 6 7 $8 even. And so that's a very serious problem that's being covered up right now. It's not solved, but people are paying lower gas prices in a, you know, a slightly significant way, and they're kind of getting tricked right now. Why is that? What day is it? October 6th is when I'm filming this. This will come out October 7th, but we're only a handful of weeks away from the midterm elections. The Democrats have done nothing to move this country forward. They have done everything they possibly can. I, I think of every political issue. Every subject, whether it's affordability, national security, international affairs, every single thing is now worse because of their leadership over the last two years. And an election is intended to have the, the people of the country look at the state of the nation under certain leaders and say, you know what, do I want to keep these guys or do I want to replace them with uh, people with a different agenda? And so one of the biggest problems is the high cost of gas. Guess what Biden did to solve this problem? And Trump is warning about this, too. So I give him credit for calling this out and being very clear about it. Biden is releasing the strategic reserves that we have as a nation been building up for decades. So our reserves, our energy reserves are now at an at least 40 year low, all because as we lead into the midterm elections, Biden is trying to find any way that he can please us and get us a little happier before voting. And he knows if he can he can lessen the blow of the gas prices, it could cause a, a quick short-term solution right only for the midterms. But as soon as the election happens, not only are we going to be struggling with a lack of reserves, which will put us in a very vulnerable position, but he's also going to have to stop releasing what's in the reserves and it's going to cause the gas prices to skyrocket even more because he didn't solve the sol the problem he only put a quick band-aid on it weakened us by emptying the reserves to a 40-year low and now we're going to face the problem even more so after the election happens i'm telling you right now it's early october the election is early november as soon as the elections are over People will go back to pushing their status quo agenda. Okay, that's what's going to happen here. 
speaking of Biden, <laughs> this just happened. Biden just went down to Florida to um, visit and assist with the cleanup and the relief from Hurricane Ian for Hurricane Ian. And he got caught on a hot mic, and now it's uh, spicy news. He gets caught saying no one Fs with a Biden. He's talking to a mayor from one of the local areas in Florida that was devastated. And he he's on a hot mic, and so he's, like, mumbling a whisper to this mayor of the town. And he says, you know, we're, we're from the same... Uh, no one messes with a Biden. I'm going to show you this. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Jeez, no one Fs with a Biden. Now, <laughs> that's weird. That doesn't sound like the empty-headed old man that we see on the world stage for the most part representing our nation. What's what's going on here? People are kind of shocked by this because they've allowed the media to put into their heads that Biden is just some sad old man. That, yeah, he should probably go because he's too old and maybe he's not succeeding in office because he's too old. And it's just because he's a sad old man and, and you know, he's got to move on. Let's replace him with a young person. I have been very adamant about this. The left is benefiting from the narrative that Biden is some delirious old man that's just too old to be doing this. They want that because deep down, Biden is rotten and corrupt to his core. That man right there who during a hurricane relief visit to Florida a week after everybody's home was devastated, the man that's sassily saying no one f's with a biden that right there is the kind of man who allows his son not allows pushes his son to start business deals with foreign entities companies in places like ukraine and russia and communist china and then takes a percentage off of that deal that's the kind of guy who gets put in office by foreign people and then screws the rest of the country because he's only thinking about himself. The next step of that, it's very, very frustrating that people can't see that that's his true inside character. He's evil. In my opinion, he's evil, and he's shown us that. He sniffs kids, he does business deals, and takes percentages when his son does the business deals with scary, bad, evil regimes. It's disgusting. And then he gets let off the hook for this terrible past of his and what's whatever's going on right now and the weaponization, keep that in mind, the weaponization of the government's assets and people against his political opponents. All this is happening under his leadership and he's able to get away with it because we just say, ah, he's just crazy old Biden licking his ice cream cone. The media lets him off, but he's too old to be in office. No, he's corrupt. And that is why I don't like this guy. The second step of this, you guys, is... No one Fs with a Biden. Now, if you think about it politically, it's like, yeah, actually, people do F with Biden. Like, think of the people in Afghanistan who took over the country as soon as Biden was put in office. Think of what China and Russia and our, our world enemies are doing to us, walking all over us because Biden is our president. He's weak when it comes to representing our nation, because you know what? I would say he doesn't care. But if you mess with Biden's, if you mess with his family, if you mess with his status, his wealth, his power, then he'll he'll step up and defend himself. He's self-interested. 
He is selfish. That's why it's like, oh, who, he doesn't care if people don't respect the country that he's supposed to be representing. He cares about getting back at people who do him and his family, his wealth, his status dirty. That's what this is. And he just got caught saying it. Because if he cared and if he was really like, no one messes this, no one messes with Biden, no one messes with America, nobody messes with the United States, that's one thing. That's how you boost morale in a country. But when you are putting the country last and yourself first, and then you're caught on a hot mic saying, no one messes with me, it's like, yeah, we, we've learned that, okay? You're very self-interested. Thank you so much for exposing yourself on camera. We really appreciate it. Now, speaking of exposing yourself on camera, there's something else I want to talk to you guys about, too. We have a school caught asking the children of the school about their sexuality and, get this, their parents' political views. Let's watch this. I think this school just crossed a line that I didn't even imagine in my head a couple years ago that a, a school would even know existed or want to cross. Let's watch this. Parents upset and a school principal apologizing. It's after their middle school students in seventh grade social studies at Challenger Middle School were asked personal questions in a survey as part of an assignment. Way 31's Matt Kroschel dug into how the controversial survey that was sanctioned ended up in homework. Matt. And Marie, those questions included things like uh, sexual orientation and asking the students how liberal their parents were. There were 48 questions in this survey. They were not vetted or approved by the school leadership or the district. The principal here at Challenger Middle School saying this survey didn't meet school standards. It's not clear if the teacher who included this in their lesson will face any disciplinary actions by the district because the district said they refused to comment on personnel matters. But the principal did send out an email to parents this week saying the teacher was asked to remove that survey and now they're apologizing to parents for the error. There was a question about very targeted information about parents, about you asking the kids, uh, are your parents liberal? Yes, the very last question was, are your parents liberal or progressive in the political thoughts? And the only question or the answer to that was yes, no, or neutral which I feel is also, once again, very inappropriate to ask a child. And it just asks just for liberal or progressive parents and is pretty much targeting conservative parents. That parent didn't want to use her face on TV or use her name. But again, she's very upset and she says that she's brought those concerns to the principal and she's really not happy with the response here. Just that email going out to all the parents says it made their family feel very uncomfortable. She's worried about her student back here in the classroom in that same room with that same teacher. At least that's the current situation inside. All right. You guys heard that. That was for seventh graders. They were asked specifically, are your parents liberal slash progressive? And they were also asked as seventh graders what their sexuality was. Again, I, I've made this so clear. And if you maybe want to ask me because you disagree, please reach out. But we have completely abandoned the idea of letting children be innocent, of protecting their innocence, allowing them to flourish and grow in childhood. And then when it's appropriate, start to discuss adult matters because yeah you can't hide your children from society and the world and their primal roles i mean that's the whole point is i i think at the same time as we cannot like sexualize children in the classroom by asking them their sexuality i do think that we need to include children from a young age in the circle of life 
in the fact that, hey, you're going to grow up soon and it's going to be your responsibility, your duty to find a husband, to find a wife, to have your own children, to raise them up with good values so that they can make society even better than it is now. And then you're going to have to equip them with that same responsibility and take care of your grandkids. And the cycle will continue to go on. We've forgotten these really core primal uh, stories and duties that we should be putting on our, our kids' shoulders. And so that's why it's like they turn 18, they still think they have all these years of childhood left to go be crazy on a college campus. They act like college isn't the real world and that they still have a handful of years to go goof around. And then by the time they're in their mid-20s, they're like, whoa, 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 I still want to live it up and have my 20s to 30s because I haven't really had my adult fun phase yet. And then they're 30 and they're trying to settle down. And what do you know? A 35-year-old pregnancy is considered geriatric. And is it bad to have a child at 35? Am I saying it's not going to work out? No, absolutely not. But it's ridiculous. It's anti-science for us to continue the human race in such an unsustainable fashion. It's ridiculous that multiple generations have now done this in the country. And I think it is all a societal problem that we could fix with the raising of kids. But people then look at me and they say, well, Morgan, then you have to talk to your kids about these responsibilities and these details. They're they're just trusting that the children are responsible and mature enough to talk about these things. Uh, I'm sorry, but what we're seeing from the left is nothing related to a narrative about equipping young people with the responsibility that will come when they become adults, of the excitement that will come of, hey, one day you're going to be able to build your own family. And so keep all of these things in mind. Be responsible so that your family succeeds and flourishes in the future. Instead, they like are like, you know, we want to talk to the, the kids in middle school about perhaps they're into the LGBTQ community. Perhaps they aren't the gender that they were assigned at birth. And we got to make sure about that stuff. One of those things is straight up evil. Another would get us back to our roots in a good, wholesome way. Now, the other aspect to this beyond the the sexualization of children in the classroom is the concern that you are seeing more teachers, and they publicly admit this on TikTok all the time, you're seeing teachers admit that they are using their power, their authority in the classroom to challenge and reverse the influence of conservative parents on their kids, and they are proud to do so. They say, if your parent doesn't support you with XYZ, with becoming a trans kid, or changing your sexuality, then hey, I'm your parent. Meet me. I'm your parent. I'll be there for you. I'll take you to your appointments. I'll talk to you about these things. I'll call you the the pronouns that you want to be called that don't fit your actual gender. I'll do all those things, and I'll give you the love that you need. Not your parents. You come to me. Okay, groomer. Okay, groomer. So the fact that you have teachers now asking students about the political views of their parents in a very general way of like, hey, do you have liberal or progressive parents? Because if you say no, then I have a feeling that that teacher, whoever wanted to ask that, they're going to be like, yep, I'm going to give extra attention to the students that are in conservative families to make sure that I give them the support that they need, that their parents clearly aren't. Guess what, teachers? You cannot take over the role of parent. And if we find out that you're doing this, you're just going to see more parents removing their children from these classrooms, aka indoctrination centers. Let's move on to the next one. Now, you guys, this story is going to be disturbing. I, I First, I want to play a video for you of a trans man describing complications from his surgery. And it's 
it's insane. But if you think about it, people say, oh, well, we haven't heard these stories before. Why are we only hearing about them now? Because we're only just seeing the repercussions of these experimental surgeries. That's what gender transition surgeries, hormone disruption treatments, uh, puberty blocking treatments, that's what all of these things are. It's experimental. They've never happened before in human history. And now in the last mm, decade or so, we're seeing a massive spike in the experimental surgeries that we're performing, especially on children. If you haven't seen What is a Woman yet, then I, I, I think it's going to be harder for you to understand how serious this all is. So if you haven't yet, go to dailywire.com and, and you can watch it. But you guys, I can't express to you enough how fascinating it is that no one cares about the fact that we don't know the results long-term about these surgeries. So when we have trans people or you know previously trans people that had the surgeries and now they're completely messed up and they're trying to speak out about this, we have to understand that the radical left is shouting them down, is trying to silence them, is attacking them because it ruins their narrative. And so we need, you know, whether you support the trans people or not, whether you are frustrated by them, whatever you think about them, I really hope you can take a new mentality to this specifically. When we meet people who have been through that process and are coming out of it saying we need to warn the world against this, we should not push them away and say, listen, that's your problem. Instead, we need to bolster them support them and give them a huge platform, allow them and help them to communicate to as many people as possible of what is going on because they've been through hell and back. If you hear their stories now, that's one thing. And I'm going to show you the video of this guy talking about the results from his surgery. But next we're going to talk about how the America or the American medical association is now asking big tech to censor anything that goes against the trans LGBTQ agenda, because it's disturbing when you consider what kind of content they're trying to censor that's just trying to bring attention to the realities, the harsh realities that both adults and children who went through this are facing. Here's the first video of the guy explaining the complications of the surgery. Oh, okay. And I have to clarify this too. Sorry. It's really hard for me to understand the pronouns sometimes. This is a biological woman that wanted to be turned into a man. So just keep that in mind when we're talking about how these surgeries work. Originally, when you have surgery, I mean, basically lower surgery, um, usually surgery in general, depending on what it is. Um, Every time I've had surgery, I've been on a catheter for at least a day, maybe two days, uh, and then it gets taken out. But with my, like, phalloplasty journey, I had, like, a bag, and that stayed on for about three days, and then it got switched to a flip valve on the fourth day when I transferred from the hospital to the recovery center. Well, I've been having issues with my my catheter, and it wasn't draining completely with the flip valve, and it happened three times where it wasn't coming out of the valve. It was actually coming out from under where the urethra, like, and the um, catheter was inserted. So basically what's going to happen now is that I'm going back to a, a bag, which is, you know, kind of inconvenience but also you know annoying I was hoping to like hope um, get over the complications with that and you know it was seeming to going be going really well for a day and a half because they ended up giving me spasm medication which we thought worked but no it did not um this morning around I guess midnight um slash close to like 12 30 in the morning uh it happened again so 
Yeah, we just did a, a check on my, my bladder. So they do a bladder scan after I went to the bathroom with a flip valve. And there was still over 140 uh, units in my bladder where she's like, if it's 100, under 100 or, um, you know, 100, like then I would be okay with that. But it's over that. And that's quite a lot for being only in the morning. So we are switching back to that bag, like I mentioned. And it's just something I never really heard or experienced from other people. So the hopeful thing, I guess, is that I'm going to take this home with me. And they did also give me some flip valve attachments. Um, I'm going to try and go back to the flip valve, stay in a couple extra days. And hopefully that my body just needs an extra adjustment. Otherwise, I may have to stay on it, which also then, though, could give me complications in the end of it. Because with the flip valve, it's giving your bladder that same feeling like I'm full. Whereas with a bag, it's just draining completely. So it doesn't have that same muscle. So it could cause complications down the road, but I'll see what happens. I wanted to keep uh, keep you up to date, but uh, yeah, I want to just give you this little update here. It's just irritating for me, but anyways, I'll get through it, and I'm staying in good spirits, but thanks y'all for watching, and bye for now. Okay, so there's a lot of aspects to this. The first thing right away is that this used to be a physically healthy individual, um, that had mental issues and believed they were a man inside of a woman's body. And so then they decided to turn their lady parts down there into a male part. Sometimes this can include literally taking the skin from around the forearm of your entire arm, peeling it off, turning it into a male part down there, and sewing it on. Do you see how, like, yeah. I guess you could kind of make some things look a little similar. But there's a lot of uh, complications with that, and we're now finding this out. In fact, I've heard a description of this multiple times as basically like Frankenstein. Of like, technically you can cut up other parts of someone's body and sew them together to look like certain things. But that doesn't make it a male part down there. In fact... They can't even use it to have sex. Isn't that... If you feel like you would benefit from having this... What's crazy to me is... I've heard interviews with people who are trans... Who, for example, were a woman. They had their arm sliced off. The skin of their arm sliced off to create a male part down there. It's sewn on down there. And what do you know? They are shocked to find that they can't feel anything... With this new body part... They are shocked that the body part doesn't work. If Does that make sense? I'm not going to say it. The body part doesn't work like it should, like a regular man should. And so they can't use it for actual intercourse. And the people who got the surgery are shocked by it. They truly thought that they were going to be able to just morph themselves into a man and then do the sexual things that a man can do with these new Frankenstein-created body parts. And the moment they start to see their body, their sliced-up, skinned arm that will always be scarred from their wrist to their elbow, literally the entire wrapped-around skin removed. Imagine what that looks like. You can Google it. You'll see what I mean. And then, <laughs> and then whatever was just sewn on and attached to their body down there, they... I find it fascinating, but they truly admit that they thought that they were going to make that work, that that was just going to naturally work, that they would start to look like a man and sound like a man and behave both 
uh, randomly, like just normally and sexually like a man. And that's not how it works. Unfortunately, everybody's obsessed with gender affirming care that is so positive and tells these people, yeah, just take the puberty blockers, just change your hormone amounts, just sew these things on down there and it'll work like a man. Guess what? When you reject basic reality, you soon find after going through very expensive surgeries and cutting your body up that that's not how it works. And then you're peeing in a bag like this young woman who, let's be honest, does not sound like a man, does not look like a man. I'm looking at the video right now. It looks like a woman that is dressed as a man with a little facial hair on him. Okay? That's what it looks like. So that's what we're dealing with. These stories are becoming more and more frequent, and I am disturbed every single time. But what what gets me, I don't know if it's human nature, where they're so zoned in to this vision that they think that it's going to work, or if it's just the indoctrination where all the professionals are telling them that it's going to work, and so they don't even think twice about it. How can you actually think that this is going to work? And the fact that the parts don't work, they pee in a bag, their body's all cut up, and they they then become more depressed and more suicidal. I cannot believe that people are allowing this. The last aspect of this is that what you're seeing with trans kids especially, and trans people in general, you see if we say any of this stuff, people people tell me all the time, Morgan, you're transphobic. You're leading to trans people killing themselves. I am absolutely not. I am trying to stop healthy humans from hurting themselves and making their lives a whole lot worse. I love them. I care about them. I care about all humans, all beings. And it is a tragedy to see what's happening to them when they are in a mental state that is weak and easily manipulated. Okay? So what we are told is that if we don't support them in their desire to do something like this, that we know will lead to a floppy thing down there that never works, that's just skin from their arms, sewed up into a tube and sewn onto them, and that they have to pee in a bag, and they're going to be in pain for the rest of their lives, they'll never have sex again, because they, they it's never going to work. <laughs> they will never, ever be able to achieve what the professionals are telling them, because it's just an experiment. We're told, oh, those people are going to kill themselves because of what people like Morgan say. So I would argue, are you more likely to kill yourself before you get the surgery or after? Guess what? The science says after the surgery, you're even more likely to kill yourself because then you start to have serious regrets. You might have had some mental problems that you could have worked through if you had people that loved you and gave you tough love that wasn't gender affirming, but instead said, hey, I love you no matter what, and we're going to get through this. I just don't want you to butcher yourself. Instead, they are now cutting themselves up and they are like seven times more likely to commit suicide after that. So if you don't want to have that serious talk, I can't take you seriously in a conversation about this stuff. If you can't face these facts, if you're okay with allowing this to continue and it doesn't disturb you, then I question your character. I question what's going on up in your head. If you cannot look at the facts, the reality, and say, geez, we should probably stop this. We should probably stop. But guess what? Guess what, you guys? This is what's happening right now. We have this post from the American Medical Association. It's actually, so it's from Chalkboard Review. Love them. Um, Christopher Rufo tweeted, and he said, breaking, the American Medical Association is asking big tech and the Department of Justice to censor, deplatform, investigate, and persecute journalists who question the orthodoxy of radical gender surgeries for minors, arguing that public criticism is disinformation. 
This is from their actual letter to Merrick Garland, the same guy who threatened school board concerned parents with FBI agents who sent, you know, he won't confirm this, who helped with the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago probably. This is what the letter says. It says, these coordinated attacks threaten federally protected rights to health care for patients and their families. The attacks are rooted in an intentional campaign of disinformation where a high-profile user on social media can share false and misleading information targeting individual physicians and hospitals, resulting in a rapid escalation of threats, harassment, and disruption of care across multiple jurisdictions. Our organizations have called on technology companies to do more to prevent this practice on digital platforms, and we now urge your office to take swift action to investigate and prosecute all organizations, individuals, and entities responsible. And so here's the thing. They want to censor anybody that will stand up and spread the truth about these surgeries, especially on children. How convenient is it to be able to commit a crime against humanity in such a way, especially against children, and then have the power to reach out to the FBI and say, we want you to stop these people from holding us accountable. This is just like how Pfizer and the rest of these medical companies that created a product that was bought by taxpayer dollars. It's the same as them being like, we recommend that this be forced onto everybody in the population um, and we should threaten to take their job away, but we can't do it. The government has to do it. So we're asking the government to create a vaccine mandate um, because it's for the betterment of society and it's for everybody's health, for the sake of their health. Uh, well, that's convenient because it's your product. You're a business. It's a product. And now you're telling us that we need to have a vaccine mandate. And oh, now you're saying there's going to be a booster and another booster and another booster, and we should just continue to allow boosters. How convenient is it to be able to create a product and then use the power of the government to force everybody to use the product? And then you get paid for it with consistent funds of taxpayer dollars. Really? This is a level of fascism that we haven't seen since Nazi Germany. If you guys remember, in Nazi Germany, they used private companies and the power of the government combined to really control all things. And we're seeing that now. Next topic. Ugh. Okay, and this will be the last one. Uh, we have an update now in terms of censorship around the elections. Now, if you guys know this, I have my political podcast, but it's totally independent in the sense that, like, you, you can't censor my podcast. I have really cool sponsors like MyPillow, and I think we're going to announce Patriot Supply and stuff soon, so I'm pretty excited. Um, but Patriot Mobile, Patriot Supply, MyPillow, thank you everybody for sponsoring me. But it means that we're independent. And if big tech wants to censor me, they really can't because I just put this out and you guys can directly listen to it. Um, and that's how we fund it. The opposite of that is something like Facebook monetization or whatever, where people used to have shows that were specifically funded just by monetization on YouTube or big tech platforms like Facebook. And Facebook will literally be like, hey, if you don't comply with our political expectations, then we're going to demonetize you. I have that in the sense that uh, my Facebook selfie videos get demonetized all the time if I say something that's too right wing for them. But of course, the left never gets demonetized for their political content. So the demonetization is one thing. But what they do now as well is complete control of who you can reach in your audience. And so I'll get a notice sometimes of like, hey, we believe that you are spreading false information about this story, and so we've now limited the engagement on your post. No one else is going to be allowed to see this on your page. What? So it's hard to build – think of it like from a business perspective. It's hard to build 
uh, a commentary show or bring news and information together and put the effort and time and money into doing something like that when you know it's literally going to be stopped by the big tech platform right from the beginning and they're not going to show any of your hundreds of thousands of followers that you've built over time. So that's really frustrating and it de-incentivizes people on the conservative side from even daring to put that information out because if you get too many strikes on your account, that's when you get your account fully removed or fully banned and they don't even have a fair, understandable system of rules of like, okay, do I have three three strikes and I'm out? Or is it after one time? You truly never know. And so it's risky. And so that's why you see people wanting to use things like Rumble or things like social media platforms made for more conservatives or just for free thought. Um, but it's also why you see people use those uh, pay-to-read platforms, not OnlyFans, but um, I don't know what they are. Uh, um, I can't think of what they're called. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Now, with that, we have some updates because the censorship gets worse around election season. And so what we're seeing on Twitter is a repeat of what they did last time, which was uh, basically like a fact-checking program right around the elections where they like <laughs> they just go issue by issue whenever like a news issue happens. They literally stop conservatives from being able to post about certain things leading up to the election. This happened, and it was admitted in the 2020 election. This happened in a collaboration between the FBI and social media platforms to stop the spreading of the Hunter Biden story. And they claimed, they told the big tech platform CEOs, the leaders, hey, we're the FBI. We're telling you right now this is Russian propaganda. It's not real. And so we're asking you to censor this because the right is pushing out Russian propaganda that's fake about Hunter Biden's laptop story. It's all a lie. So what do you know? Big Tech censored it. It turns out that was a fully real story. It's now proven. The New York Times posted about it and confirmed that even they are confirming that it's accurate. It was a real story. It's not Russian propaganda. And what do you know? If the story had gotten out, if people had been allowed to communicate about this on the biggest public square in the the world, social media, online communication, 16% of Biden voters would not have voted that way. And it would have put the election in Trump's favor. So these things have serious consequences. Now, this year they're rolling out something else, and it's called Birdwatch. It's a collaborative fact-checking program ahead of the U.S. midterm elections. These helpful notes are going to be added to tweets by users, and they'll be visible to everyone in the U.S. starting today, or maybe this came out recently, but starting now until the election, there's going to be helpful notes added to tweets. And so the first thing of this is like, is this just like them saying that they're going to fact check? And then whenever they fact check, they just say, well, some say that this isn't the case. And then they link some liberal website that's denying a story about Hunter Biden or Joe or whatever. That's one way to look at it. Another is from Kyle Becker. He's like a writer for Fox and for Becker News. But he said this is blatant editorializing, a violation of Section 230, potentially libelous, and election tampering. Can't wait for this clown show to end. What does he mean by that? Section 230, right now, big tech companies are listed in terms of what they are to the government, to society. They're, they have protections because they claim that they're just platforms where people can post things and that they aren't providing editorial control over the content. And if they did, then they would be responsible, liable for certain violations, for certain actions where they're like controlling people's speech. 
But because they claim that they're just a free platform, they aren't held accountable for a lot of the things that they're doing. And so some people say we need to repeal Section 230. Um, It's a whole thing. So that was an interesting perspective on it. But it leads me to my last story, you guys. As we see the platforms come out with their own individual ways of censoring, I was uh, not shocked, but hey, it's nice to see that it's confirmed. I was saddened, let's say that, to see from just the news that it's official. The feds used private entities to target millions of social posts in 2020. So it's called the Election Integrity Partnership, and it had a 35% success rate at getting tech platforms to label, remove, or restrict content. Now, if you're like me, if you're in conservative media, and you've had to deal with normal posts about normal political issues from a conservative lens being flagged as spreading misinformation or uh, spreading false information or whatever it may be this time. they it, I get them all the time about literally like talking about inflation. They'll be like, you're spreading harmful information. Or most recently, <laughs> most recently I posted the video of Kamala saying that you know, we should hand out a hurricane relief uh, in the wake of Hurricane Ian based on race and that we have to, you know, give it to communities of color because they're most affected by this stuff. I shared it and I said, this is ridiculous. Look at what she's saying right now. How racist, how rude, how blah, 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 like a usual analysis of it. And I got flagged for spreading false information because they were saying that she wasn't saying we should give out hurricane relief based on race. I'm like, it's a direct quote from her. What do you mean? So if you've ever wondered, how do these things get flagged? Who flags them? This study by Just the News, this article, exposes the fact that there's four private groups working within the Departments of Homeland Security, DHS, and state to censor massive numbers of social posts. And the members got rewarded with millions of federal dollars from the Biden administration after this. The EIP, Election Integrity Partnership, is back again for the 2022 midterms. And it's comprised of four member associations, Stanford Internet Observatory, the University of Washington's Center for an Informed Public, the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, and the social media analytics firm Graphica. It set up a concierge-like service in 2020 that allowed federal agencies like Homeland Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency and state's Global Engagement Center to file tickets requesting certain online story links and social media posts be centered or flagged by big tech. Three liberal groups, the Democratic National Committee, so the DNC, Common Cause, and the NAACP were also empowered, like the federal agents, agencies, to file tickets seeking censorship of content. So that's weird. You have the Republican National Committee and the Democratic National Committee, but only the Democratic National Committee was given the power to literally look at a social post from a conservative and say, we'd like this flagged for for misinformation. So it goes on and on and on, and it's a crazy story. I want you guys to look this up if you haven't yet, justthenews.com. But um, it says that these people literally sit on on 12-hour shifts at a time in an office and just scroll social media, finding misinformation that they can flag. And then they reach out to big tech, and they say, we want this post suppressed. And what do you know? They were doing it to people like Charlie Kirk. They were doing it to people all in the conservative movement who are just normal conservatives, and they were suppressing the amount of accounts that they can reach. This is totalitarian. This is disgusting. I'm sad that this is happening in America. 
I can't believe, I, I imagine what our founders are probably thinking about something like this, and they are probably just disgusted. Um, with that being said, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, because big tech sucks, this is my only way to really truly communicate with you guys in a direct way. And I want to grow this show as a direct communication with you, knowing that it's really just going to get worse. And I want to go live out in the boonies and just do this show and be able to have direct contact with you guys. Ayo. All right. I'll uh, talk to you guys later. Hope you have a great weekend. Bye bye. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.